romance suspended in time with the Hutchinson brothers. Do you have an intro or anything? I don't. I have an intro. Oh, okay, awesome. I might have an intro. That was beautiful. Oh, thanks. That's awesome. It's been a long time, eh? Yeah, we're back. We're back. I checked the my Zoom recordings, and I believe the last one was like the start of April. So it's like six I weeks. I think it was. I think it was Good Friday. Mm. There yeah. you go. Yeah, that's a long time. We've been we've been pretty busy. How? What's new with you, Caleb? Oh, you know, probably equally as exciting life events as yours, I imagine. Um, just finishing, just, just, <laughs> yeah, I'm finishing a master's degree. I should be done in a week. Um, I got vaccinated. Oh, that's awesome. Moderna gang. That's awesome. Moderna. Um, oh, interesting. Yep. Moderna is what's getting tossed around in hammy. And that's, uh, uh, it, the weather's warm. The AC the is running. warm finally. Mm-hmm. And the herb garden is alive and well, and that's it. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. What about you? Anything cool happen? I, I, uh, well, I had, uh, well, my wife, uh, gave birth to our daughter. So oh, that's pretty exciting. Shit. Yeah. And you just met her over Zoom for just the first met her. time. Just met her. She's yeah. A- appropriate name for this for this show yes this my episode. little prince my little princess alea that's amazing what is yeah. this was it uh, was the where did this come from f- f- fill me in we um uh when we found out that becca was pregnant um we had a hard time holding in excitement um and we were we were not telling anyone for a while so right away we both downloaded apps um, mm. that connected to each other baby name apps and basically like swiped right and swiped left on the names we liked it didn't like oh. and then it told us when when they matched up mm-hmm. and we just made a list and then kind of just made a short list of boys and girls names and um she just happened to uh well yeah we we had a few we had probably four girl names mm-hmm. um but alea alea one it's a, there's no real significance. It's not, uh, um, she's not named after anyone. I've never even really heard the name before. I don't think it I just, have either. It just sounded really nice. Um, so yeah, Alea Ember. A, it's a beautiful name mm-hmm. and it's, it has that, like, there's a unique quality to it, but it still sounds like, you know, like, yeah, it's, um, it doesn't like sound made up as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't sound made up. It's no Khaleesi. It's no Khaleesi, no. It's yeah. no uh, 
uh, Chasen. Chasen. <laughs> it's not like putting two two regular names yeah, together. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. To just make some weird ass hybrid name. Yeah, for um, sure. Well, friggin' congrats. Thank you very much. And we're one very, day, we're very happy. One day, I will meet the princess. Can't wait for that day. I think it. I don't think it'll be that far away. To be honest, based on the situation right now in Ontario, I think things, things are, are looking, looking up. up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, for so, sure. We have yeah. to come get our uh, summer tires at some point, which are housed in our parents' garage. So, oh, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll have to be there at some point. We are. We will be forced. Okay. And Joyce. Joyce so got her second vaccination coming up real, real soon. So. Oh, awesome! Yeah, mine's tomorrow. Oh. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm a little nervous just because of, um, uh, a lot a lot of people getting really sick right after. I mean, it's it's temporary; mm-hmm. it's not a big deal. Um, minus my heart condition that uh, gets triggered by fevers. Yeah. Uh, so that that's uh, that's a little concerning, but yeah. I'll just be pumping the Tylenol and we'll hope for the best. Slamming back tie, and it's it's a uh, fortunate now that you're on the pat leaf. So you can just yeah, it's awesome. Pileve is awesome, out. man. Pileve is amazing. <laughs> yeah, I highly recommend having a baby. It's the greatest thing ever. It couldn't have come <laughs> at a better time. Couldn't have come at a better time. <laughs> I work in uh, I work in a healthcare facility uh, that was ravaged by COVID. So I just uh, it was kind of uh, I was fortunate to get out of there when I did, and good I think things are getting get better out. now. So that's good. Yeah, we're on the de- we're we're on the decline now. We got what a thousand cases. Yeah, we're down to like a thousand daily cases the last couple days. So, which Not is a massive drop. Huge. So huge. it's going think, down as quickly as it went up, which is crazy. We're down. Um, in our area, we're down to. Um. Well, I haven't checked it today, but yesterday we were at thirty six cases in our county here, which is amazing Not bad. It's by by far the best that it's been in a long time unreal i'm just gonna check it should be updated here in case everyone is probably so curious right now because mm-hmm. especially since this episode probably won't come out for weeks yeah yeah this will be bad behind <laughs> this news is, this is gonna be yeah this is terrible completely okay it, it went it went up by one. Oh, so, so f- never mind <laughs> I was gonna say where, where i live but i'm not prepared to do that yet but yeah fair enough i guess i have already done that um, yeah. Okay. But I'm... fuck the Quinny area. Oh, there it well, is. Well, th- I was about to Boom. say the thing is that I'm probably leaving this area, so it doesn't really matter. But um, oh, okay. Well, yeah. you planted some roots, <laughs> let's say. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's gonna come out eventually. It's where both of us grew up. So, um, true that. You can hear it in your voice more than you can hear it in my voice. I think. Probably. I've been. You can hear I've been the back area. for. I've been back for a few years now. Hmm. Mm-hmm, yeah. for sure yeah I've, it's like escaped me now i think yeah i didn't notice until i started listening back to audio recordings of uh of the podcast uh like i think the first intro episode that you just you put together roughly mm-hmm. i listened back and i'm like wow we sound quite different <laughs> yeah and yeah, I, in terms I, of I, accents yeah and i felt like i felt like when i was living when i was living in toronto in the toronto area and west um, I kind of, lo- I definitely lost it mm. a bit. Mm. <laughs> well, I think the thing is, part of that is exacerbated by the fact that you hang out 
with people that watch a lot of hockey and you mm-hmm. yourself watch shit tons of hockey so you're inundated with like the most the like like the the peak example of canadian accents like canadian commentators all c- canadian hockey players people that watch hockey all have sort of this like cultural really deep accent <laughs> that is sort of uh, it's this is true Okay, you, you can sort of tell when someone's either a hockey player or a hockey fan based on how they speak. I think. Based on how they talk, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Go Leafs. Up 3-1 in their series right now on the verge of winning their first playoff series since 2004 when I was 12 years old. This is huge. This is huge. Um, They're not they, playing Boston, are they? <laughs> they are not playing Boston. They're playing the Montreal Canadiens, um, mm. which is great as well, even though I don't think they're nearly as strong. So, um. The, the Leafs, this franchise, does find ways to lose spectacularly True. in new and amazing ways. So <laughs> I'm not going to hold my breath and say they're for sure going to win, but they've looked very good so far. So yeah, I, I, this may bite me in the ass, but we'll see. Get well soon, John. Shouts out, win it, JT. Win it for JT. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, Joy and I, we've been talking recently about how how um, moving to Montreal would probably be very fortuitous for both our careers. So mm. that would be, um, I would become a Habsman immediately. Well, you, you don't necessarily have to become a Habsman to yeah. move to Montreal when you move there. I guess there. so. I, I, one of my acquaintances uh, from in my adult life, moved to the Quinney area from Montreal and he was a Leafs fan his whole life. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah. Well, I've I've heard stories about like people getting harassed in Montreal if they were Oh, Leafs. I'm so. I'm sure I'm sure that that's true. But Yeah. Yeah. Um so that's a bold that's a very brave stance to take, I guess. Yeah. You got to be I suppose. firm in your convictions. He, yeah, I think he's just a firm contrarian, so Yeah, there you go. Yeah. All right, so we should we get into uh, our topic of the pod? This this is a series. This is going to be a big thing, and it's very appropriate because um, it it's been a major part of essentially our entire lives. Like this, um, I can't. This movie franchise, I literally cannot remember a time when it wasn't a part of my life like i don't remember when it began it just feels like it was always there yes i think that's the prevailing thing for me as well that's something we'll get into and we've already talked about it in the past we talked about it in terms of lord of the rings as well um and it that that sort of feeling has the effect of like it changes the way you you can engage with it i think and that's still something that affects how i engage with the original trilogy this feeling of it sort of like existing in like the fabric of the universe rather than being a thing that people made especially because of how inundated with it we were by our father but we'll get into all that we will yeah um so our topic of the day if you haven't figured it out already um it is the star wars the star wars which is great the star wars like the batman the batman it was it was the there there was a working it was the star wars the working title yeah um for the original movie but they dropped yeah. the the it was the it was the luke luke star killer chronicles 
And the first original trilogy was supposed to just be the Star Wars or something. That's right. Yeah. Something like that. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. I have a few fun facts about. Holy shit. Let's hear them. Early pre Star Wars or pre like when George Lucas was just kind of spitballing ideas here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, In early 1973, Lucas wrote his first short summary of his space opera which is called Journal of the Wills, mm-hmm. uh, which told a tale of the, uh, tra- of the training of apprentice C.J. Thorpe as a Jedi Bendu space commando. <laughs> um, and he was trained by the legendary Mace Windy. Whoa. Cool. Which is in- I thought was interesting. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so that Ma- Mace Windy, Mace Windu, that was a thing from essentially the beginning which is pretty mind-blowing um, yeah that's that's interesting it's quite, sort of similar to like going back into the tolkien history of middle earth books where you look at you can look at sort of the really early iterations of the story and you can see that he came up with names early on and then he like when he understood that lord of the rings would was going to be the most commercial commercially viable thing from this huge a mythology that he was creating he like took the best names from his old versions and put them on new people so there's like someone named legolas in one of the really early iterations of like a first stage story that i was reading earlier and then he just sort of like took it and plastered it onto some other character so it's funny that like it, you think about that like come like sitting down and coming up with character names must be so such a interesting process and then to come up with a good one is like well you got to no use kidding. the big one. Yeah. And George Lucas, if you're talking about coming up with creative character names, he's uh he's he's, he's one papa. of the finest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one of the finest for sure. It's funny you mentioned Lord of the Rings and I know we talked about it in our prior podcast, but um he George Lucas often cites Lord of the Rings as being an influence on Star Wars. Um uh in that Tolkien talking about um how myth and fairy tales seem to be the best way to communicate morality. Um, and he said that uh, Obi-Wan and Darth Vader were influenced by two characters from Lord of the Rings. Um, can you guess what those two characters or which characters they are? Well, Obi-Wan and Darth Vader. Uh, so, mm-hmm. so then, well, let's see. Ben is like... Gandalf, I guess, right? That's cor- that is correct. And Darth Vader is like, uh, hmm, interesting. Maybe, maybe, maybe Saruman. No, not quite. Sauron. Um, no, think fuck? a little smaller than Sauron. Smaller than Sauron. Well, everyone's smaller than yeah, Sauron. a little He's a smaller. Big boy. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. Um. Uh, it's the Witch King. Oh, w- which I thought was in- I thought was interesting, um, hmm. considering when Star Wars was created, um, there was no like there was no physical imagery really of Lord of the Rings. Like it, they were just yeah. it was just a series of books, mm-hmm. um, and yet if you look at the aesthetic of Darth Vader, um, and and Ben Kenobi, and compare them to. Uh, like from the movies from the seventies and compare mm-hmm. them to the movies from the early two thousands of the Lord of the Rings, their mm. aesthetics are actually quite similar. Like mm. you can't really, you can't see the witch King's face. He's all black. Um, he's got 
I mean, a cape. <laughs> um, he, I don't, I don't know. Uh, and Gandalf, I mean, Gandalf and Ben Kenobi, they're just kind of like a couple of old grizzly well, boys. That's the thing is like, I think it's a matter of them both playing with, they were both deeply ingrained in this idea of like comparative mythology and stuff. So these characters would like, they would signify similar elements of like the hero's journey. Um, so it's, it, it, it's a matter of them both referencing the same thing, I think as well. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, no, absolutely. Absolutely. I just thought the imagery aspect. Yeah, for sure. Um, was in- that, that was just interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, especially in the scene where like the witch King is getting dressed you know, he's yeah. like standing yeah, like putting like his putting his gloves putting his on and his helmet big helmet on. on. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else interesting. I feel like those were the those are the two most interesting points. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, the, that's the thing is like Star Wars is so well known. All of like the cool stories of like George Lucas taking a pay cut so that he could hold onto the merchandising rights and then that making him like a hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars and all this sort yeah. of stuff. Like ended up a, being like, the best decision. Yeah. Like the, the most entrepreneurial decision that could ever happen. And that decision essentially funding the prequels because he like self-funded them and everything. So mm-hmm. all of these are like amazing stories are just like everyone kind of knows them already. Um, just, just because of how popular it is. Um, and yeah, I guess our engagement with it is similar to that. I think everyone our age probably was like, uh, like if you, the thing is, is like if it's so big that if you hear of someone who didn't grow up with Star Wars, you're like, what? That's like crazy. It's like such such a cultural touchstone of almost like everyone that we grew up with that it becomes mm-hmm. weird if you didn't have Star Wars in your life as a child. Yeah, and that's that's the weird thing too is I think uh, I think it was just by chance um that everyone that we grew up with was into Star Wars for the most part cuz yeah, it wasn't until I was an adult that I started meeting people that are like, "Oh yeah, I've never seen Star Wars." And I'm like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" <laughs> like how I like it's I I just felt like that was such a seminal thing yeah. for everybody. Like I I just thought Every, everyone had seen it and understood every Star Wars reference that I was using and mm-hmm. it it's uh yeah it's crazy yeah and we I think we more than lots of other people had it inundated into us because our dad was and is like a huge uh like fandom person so he was into Star Wars um, since before it came out because he was into Star Trek. So he was looking at like Starlog magazines. He was into sci-fi and fantasy in general. So he was getting this information as it came out about the production details about this new Star Wars movie and seeing mm-hmm. those original like Ralph McQuarrie like concept pieces where like the stormtroopers have laser swords and like all these like really early conceptualized ideas. Um, and then he actually read the novelization of star Wars before he saw the movie, because it came out like two months early, which is crazy yeah. now to think of that ever happening would be insane now. But back then it, it wasn't, I guess. So he was a, he, he's a, like an early star Wars guy and you go into his room and it, he can like, he could basically make a museum 
mm-hmm. um, just based on all of the collector's items that he's that he has collected over the years. Um, so we so we got it uh, early. Yeah, and he he's often spoke like my only real um, understanding of how how ga- how groundbreaking and how huge Star Wars was is from his perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, it, he like he saw um, he saw it in theaters right um as soon as he could i believe mm-hmm. um as as soon as it came to the small county that he in um uh uh in ontario uh, as soon as it as soon as it came to a theater close by um he was in there watching it and he talks about um uh that opening scene the opening crawl and then it cuts to uh uh it cuts to the imperial cruiser Mm-hmm. Uh, firing on the rebel the the little rebel freighter mm-hmm. um and just being like blown away and that's like that was the craziest thing he'd ever seen in a movie theater yeah um, and that that's the thing is like um like obviously i didn't look into this that much so i, I this is semi-historical but you look at something like the the way that they're using models in that movie and it's 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 building off what they did with 2001 a space odyssey like nine years earlier but doing it in 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 a way that is like so much more focused on spectacle um so to do those shots and those shots of like the millennium falcon like docking into the into the star destroyer later on and all that sort of stuff is like it would have been like absurd to see in a theater for sure like and that's another element of it that's really it's impossible to engage with in that sense for us um but there's that whole added layer of of effects i guess um for people that saw it early i don't know what you want to jump into next but i i do remember getting because we were so inundated with it when uh the phantom menace uh came out getting really hyped for that and feeling like when I saw that in theaters, I I feel like um, that kind of simulated a little bit. I don't know if I can fully understand what it was like to yeah to watch um, a New Hope for the first time before anyone you knew saw it. Um, but I feel like seeing the Phantom Menace in theaters was like uh, for me at the time. I was I think seven years old. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, was as close as i can as i could get to understanding that yeah for sure definitely um and that's something i I was too young to see it i remember waking up the day that that you saw the phantom menace with dad and heather it was a sunday and i came downstairs and it was just mom or me and christy came downstairs and it was just mom and we're like what the heck and then mom broke the news after you had already left that you had gone to see like a matinee of of the phantom menace and i was like you gotta be fucking kidding me and it's insult to injury in the sense that you got to see phantom menace but you also got to skip church to see phantom menace and i had to fucking go to church yeah it was a sunday which is pretty mind-blowing it's messy that's how that's how much dad cares about star wars i think that's that's probably the most indicative thing is that he skipped church (laughs) for it and he doesn't skip church no uh yeah i do remember that i remember that clearly i don't think um i don't think he told us i don't think he told heather and i that that's what was gonna happen um 
and I think he wasn't sure uh, that he was going to let us see it in theaters at that point because we were fairly young. Um, but I mean, Star Wars is pretty harmless, to be honest. Like, it's not incredibly violent. Um, it's like inherently made for kids. Like this, this. Is... Yeah, and those movies specifically, like yeah. like the prequels specifically, were made for kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, but yeah, like you being four years old, I think. I hadn't even turned four like, yet. <laughs> I was still like three yeah, three. <laughs> <laughs> but still, it meant it like meant a lot. You remember that you were three yeah. years old, and you remember. And I'm like, like that's... I, I, was, I remember being infuriated, and I was like a three. Yeah, child. like that's that just shows how how fucking huge Star Wars was for us as kids. But um, yeah, I remember. Um, yeah, I think he had not quite figured out um, if he was going to let us see it or not. Um, because we went to Kingston, yeah, to see it because it had already been gone out of our out of Belleville. It, oh. it was not in the theaters anymore, so it was late late in the run in theaters. Hmm. Um, but I can remember he had told me essentially all about the movie. Um, oh, because he had already point, seen it. He had seen it. Oh, he had seen I it, see. and he came home and he told me all about it. And like <laughs> we had awful. books, we had like storybooks, uh, like yeah. Um, so I'd seen like all the visuals. Um, I, I'm not sure if we had action figures at that point. Um, I think we did. But... Because I remember another really visceral memory and another element of sort of like the merchandise, which is like, I think how I connected with Star Wars most of all was through like the toys and the cards, uh, trading cards and all these sort of stuff. Dad had the original like 1977 like tops cards and he would show us all this stuff. So that's how I like I didn't really even still to this day I don't have like a really strong connection to that original trilogy because my engagement point was the toys I think and loving to to have all of these um different pieces of really awesome toys that we were getting at like the flea market for really cheap and stuff so we were getting amazing stuff um so the memory that I remember about the toys is that grandpa, grandpa B brought us to, or brought you to, I think you think he took you is another yeah, thing I, I remember. fucking left out of, uh, cause there, there was this thing with pizza hut, KFC and Taco Bell where they like, it was so cool actually, where like each of the three restaurants represented the three different uh, planets in the Phantom Menace. And you could get toys for like action figures and toys from each planet at the different restaurants so you had to go to all three to get the entire set of all of them um and he went and took you and got and got you some of those yeah he got as many as he could mm-hmm. uh like tried to tried to essentially buy each of the restaurants out oh, yeah. all of all of the uh and there so they were like um the what the thing what i remember the most about that is the collector cups Mm-hmm. um like they had large large yeah. plastic cups um with lids that had holes in them that you could put straws through but they were like rubber they were like rubber or something like that um and there were 12 different um 12 different i i didn't realize this i actually researched this mm-hmm. um but there's 12 different lids i thought we had all of them i thought it was just one no. from each restaurant um there's, but there we were 12 had the different three ones. 
and they were the the lid was a character like the top the torso of the yeah, character <laughs> that's right yeah yeah like from from the waist up mm-hmm. a character and you could like move their arms around i think yeah you can um, move their and arms. i think we had we had mace windu jar jar binks and anakin i think yeah I think right. that was the three. Uh, for some reason, I remember maybe Queen Amadella as well, but uh, like maybe there was four, but uh, yeah. I don't, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. We also had um, frisbees. We had a storm, or no, oh, pardon yeah. me, a battle droid frisbee and a Jar Jar frisbee, like soft frisbees. Yeah, they were weird frisbees. They didn't yeah. really work. They didn't work super well, but they were but awesome. And I'm sure was... we still have them. This is another thing is I'm really sad that this has happened during the pandemic and we couldn't like unearth all of our star wars toys before we could we could revisit this at a later date yeah for sure um as well um have just like a merchandise episode where we we try and find everything that we used to have because there's tons Um, i I remember also the um the from mamie and pepe we got like the piggy banks like the mm -hmm. duel of the fates piggy banks yep obi-wan and qui-gon Jinn. we never got the darth maul one I've been looking on eBay pretty intently to try and get that one because they connect. They're piggy banks, but they have little connectors. And when you press their a little button, they have the action figures of the characters, and they like speak to each other and do their little routines and stuff. So some really cool stuff. And and uh, yeah, so Qui Gon and Obi Wan connect to Darth Maul, and then they all talk to each other. But Qui Gon and Obi Wan also connected to each other. Mm-hmm. Um and they would have their own conversation. It's I I believe it's the early conversation. It was the like it's the funny, first like, scene of the movie. Yeah, there's so many lines from Star Wars that I remember, or from the Phantom Menace that I remember, just because of like the Comptech chips and yes. from and that like just from the action figures, like even before. Yeah. So I, I to me, I feel like we did have those before mm-hmm. I, I saw the movie because. I feel like when I see the movie, I think of the toys, mm-hmm. uh, and not and and I feel like when I saw it first, I was like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> that's what he said on the on the contact reader." I I, I you have that, but that I, that's that speaks to the engagement of the films with like the ephemera or not ephemera, but the merchandise surrounding it, um, uh, especially with that that being. Our, it came out at the perfect age for us like maybe even for you for you more than me i was a little bit too young uh, at that point anyways but like the comtech toys were so cool yeah the, i mean for sure like the the technology is kind of weird at this point uh but it was it was basically uh you bought little figures mm-hmm. um and they each they're they're pretty small like i don't know like two inches mm-hmm or I don't know, more than two inches, a few a few inches tall or whatever. Um, and they'd come with a little chip with their face on it um, that if you bought the ComTech reader, which is the communicator that Qui-Gon uses um, when he's on Tatooine uh, to communicate with Obi-Wan back at the, the ship, mm-hmm. um, if you placed that chip on the ComTech reader and you pressed a button, it would say like, a few different lines. Yeah, there from were the three movie. different lines for each character. There were three buttons. Yeah, and you could do three different lines from the movie for like every character in the movie. Like Newt Gunray had his own. Yeah, like <laughs> it's insane. That and that's Star Wars too. Like, um, that's so George Lucas like giving 
a name and a backstory to every minute character imaginable mm-hmm. and an action figure um like in the entire franchise it's crazy yeah, yeah for sure yeah that was cool and the the comtech had a um clip on the back so you could clip it to your belt I don't remember that. (laughs) It does. It did. And we actually had we had two contacts. We had one for each of us. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Then we Mm -hmm. had all the chips on like a piece of string, like a janitor in his keys. So we didn't. So we didn't lose them. (laughs) Yeah, which is fair. I definitely would have lost them. I would have eaten. That's hilarious. I I forgot about. I forgot about the string. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, Um, we we could definitely find that. Oh, totally. Um, I feel like there's. Oh, there's a few other. Oh yeah, I got. I got a, um, for my birthday one year, I got Anakin's backpack. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. Um, it was, you, it's just from like a split second in the movie. Like if you didn't know about it, you would not even, it would not even register just when he was leaving Tatooine and you can see it in the original announcement poster for the movie. Oh, right. I forgot about that, but it's, uh, it was like a shell. A brown shell backpack yeah. um, that had a water bottle attached mm-hmm. to it and then a little square CD case mm-hmm. um, that you could fit like 10 CDs in or something like that. Um, yeah. But I used that for school for that entire, for probably like for that entire year, I think. That's amazing. Yeah. It was awesome. That, that's I really loved that cool. bag. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's sick. There's a, there's a bag, there's a backpack on uh, Kijiji right now. <laughs> in kitchener that i really want it, it's a lays brand phantom menace backpack from back in the day it's just a brown backpack that says star wars the phantom menace on it and up there the the zipper has a a lays thing on it <laughs> and i'm really thinking about getting it there, i i think i saw that on ebay as well yeah there's one well, that's like, the still, thing about st- still in the package the thing about the Phantom Menace is that they totally overestimated the amount of merch that they should be producing. And like before the movie came out, everyone was getting shit tons of merch and it almost like made its budget back just on the merchandising before the movie. But then when it didn't become like the critical phenomenon or whatever that that they f- figured it might, then it turned out that tons of retailers just had shit tons of leftover merchandise and you can really easily get phantom menace collector's items on ebay kijiji anything for quite cheap because because of how there's so much of it there's so much of it so Mm -hmm. that's sort of my goal when i when we have more space that we live in i want to have a phantom menace shrine i want to get all those those cups with the little guys I have like a VHS of Phantom Menace. Are you are you gonna purchase the uh, um, the set of twenty four Pepsi Diet Pepsi and Mountain Dew cans? That's another that we one. nearly completed. We, we nearly completed it, and we would we would go to Zwick's Park and dig in garbage cans mm-hmm. for yep. them and successfully, mm-hmm. and we would find them and get them, and we got twenty two of them. I think. I think we got. Yeah, it was either twenty two or. 23 yeah i know qui-gon for sure we never got that was the yeah. one and Anakin and there, there may have been it may have been I, I feel like for some reason we may have gotten it okay we may have got it at some point but i think they're they're they got tossed 
I freaking ruined it because I would shoot my airsoft guns at them like an idiot. Oh yeah, so they all got dented. They were but dented and the, destroyed. This is the thing though on eBay you can buy the 24 set like people have saved yeah. unopened cans. So this, mm-hmm. they still have the pop in them and I feel like Ooh. that's that's the best way to like there's yeah. no way that those are going to get wrecked unless they yeah. explode. Yeah. For sure. Um, so that's that's the way to do it is to buy buy a set like that for like Definitely. sixty bucks or something like that. Worth it. Absolutely. Hell yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I think that other than that, those are like the big sort of merchandising memories. Yeah, I'll see if I I have. I have anything else written down. I, I we had we had a Qui-Gon Jin costume. We had many lightsabers. Yeah. My first um, um my first Halloween, because we weren't really allowed Halloween because of Christianity. Um, yes. The first time we did Halloween, we dressed up as angels. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a good story. The only other one I remember, which is this is like a tragic memory, is that I dressed up. You dressed up as Lone Ranger. I dressed up yep. as Qui Gon Jinn. But the mm-hmm. Qui Gon Jinn was like a plastic mask. It was just like hard plastic with like a little elastic on the back to keep it on your face. And there was a little mouth hole, but the mouth hole was cutting into my lip, so I kept like licking my lip to get it away, and I got like the deepest worst chapped lip of all time because i kept like trying to like move it with my tongue <laughs> um, i don't remember that i, I feel like i remember it's, it's, it's not over yet this, this okay. story gets worse <laughs> is that be- i was so distracted and in pain by this chapped lip that by the end of our trick-or-treating excursion i f- tripped and fell on the ground and all my candy fell in like a puddle yep i remember that that was really yeah. sad and that was that was my uh, one trick or treating uh, experience. So there you go. I feel like that was the only time we all went out together because mm-hmm. uh, mom and dad didn't really want us going out for Halloween. Yeah. Um, but uh, we yeah. So we had that Qui Gon costume. So it was like a a cape. Um, was there? I feel like there was like the Jedi um, robe as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a lightsaber and yeah. the plastic mask. Um, and that we also had a, a Jar Jar mask where the eye holes mm-hmm. were his nostrils. Yep, definitely. You remember that? I and totally remember that. From Attack of the Clones, there was mm-hmm. also a a clone trooper mask that we had that came in clone trooper cereal. Yes, that cereal um, was very good. It was good cereal, and it was uh, that was a sick mask too. That was a really nice mask. It was like a full wraparound, like it came. Yeah. You, it, it was two halves, and then it like velcroed together to be a full thing, and it fit on an adult head. I remember the first time I saw it, the Marshalls came over for home group, and Mister Marshall brought it and put it on and walked up the stairs with his mask on. That's like, right. Who? So, But I do remember having the lightsabers. You were mentioning lightsabers. We obviously had a ton mm-hmm. of those. And I remember having like yeah, we had a- neighborhood-wide battles, which obviously led yep. to tears. Absolutely. Yeah, I remember having lightsaber fights at birthday parties. Uh, with specific, I can remember one at Isaac's birthday party having like a, like a battle royale. <laughs> the lightsaber battle <laughs> yeah with like no rules so you're just like i killed no you. rules like, no you no. just yeah yeah exactly and just no. just beating the shit out of each other yeah. with sticks just literally like <laughs> fucking insane <laughs> you know what i forgot to mention when isaac was here and i'm p- pissed that i didn't mention it 
was that there was a time when you and your friends were were scheming up filming a Lord of the Rings adaptation. <laughs> yeah, this is so true. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, I, I pissed I forgot to mention it. He was the ringmaster, no pun intended, uh, behind that him and I think Mac Adams. Yeah. They had seen the two towers once <laughs> and had somehow written a script based on what they remembered and they wanted to <laughs> they wanted to put on a Lord of the Rings play and oh, play. uh they yeah. and they cast everyone in our class they chose roles for everyone and uh I can remember one time uh them being like okay we need to rehearse yeah, and then they they invited a bunch of people over to Isaac's house, mm-hmm. and uh, I think only me and him and Mac were showed up. Yeah, so, so I remember just... this because you you cast me as a Hobbit because I was smaller than small. you. So I was like, okay, I think I was Mary, pretty <laughs> sure. Uh, and this thing was like happening and you you were like really wanting me to come to it because like everyone's gonna be there and also like one of your teachers was playing gandalf and everything so <laughs> yeah i'm not sure if we actually involved them in yeah, it or ever, not like ever talked to them they, about it at all but so probably I had not the, i had this image and I, I was like a very anxious child and you really wanted me to go to isaac's house so we could rehearse this entire thing and i was so scared and nervous and uncomfortable with the idea of like hanging out with a bunch of people older, older than me. Kids. So yeah. I drove with you to Isaac's house, like thinking that I could psych myself up to go to it. But when we got there, you're like, come on. And I was like, no, I can't do it. <laughs> and then you went, you went into Isaac's house and I got drove back home. Oh, wow. That's funny. Yeah. I don't remember that part. That's, yes. a, that's, that's interesting. I remember the feeling. I do remember times when I would invite you out with my friends and and uh, and you would say no. Yeah, you were a very um, gracious brother because a lot of brothers wouldn't do that. But... Yes, I was. Yeah. I, I remember. Um, I like didn't have a lot. I didn't have really a lot of friends at church other than Alex. So when he wasn't there, I would like sit with you and and Nathan and Mark and Walker. And you mm-hmm. like you would let me sit with you, which was very nice. Yeah. I remember that. <laughs> well, that's good. That that's a good memory. <laughs> it's a good memory. We're off oh, the rails, but it's that's just a good. That's, that's a right. nice little thing I remember. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know what what do you want to what do you want to get into now? Well, I mean that's the thing is I I have so few memories about the original trilogy other than them just being a thing. Uh, mm-hmm. that existed um the prequel gil- trilogy i remember all of them releasing i did see attack of the clones and revenge mm-hmm. of the sith in theater i barely remember attack of the clones my experience with it but i remember revenge of the sith very well i remember w- Me the too. first time i saw it we saw it after church with the marshals and i think the cantaloupes were also there. Yeah, that sounds right. And I think the Kenefasses actually just happened to be in the same screening as us, so they we sure. sat with them as well. So it was like a big Parkdale very Baptist, likely uh, church reunion thing going on. And I remember me and Alex. I had like a I had like a Star Wars book, and with like that, it was one of those like Star Wars books that came with like 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 uh, 
tattoos, like temporary tattoos in the back. So me and Alex ripped the page of temporary tattoos out and put them all on. Like we split them in half <laughs> and we each took half and our entire arms were covered in Star Wars tattoos. And then yeah. we went and saw Revenge of the Sith. And I remember walking out of the theater and being like, yeah, that's the best movie that's ever that Same. I've ever seen. Yeah. At that point, at that point, I was like, that's the best movie I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I cried. Yeah. I, cried too. Uh, I can Order remember 66. crying. Yeah. Order 66. And also, uh, you were the chosen one. Yeah. Yeah. That score, that, man. That was a sad. Oh, man. That score for those for the Obi-Wan and Anakin fight and the uh Sidious and uh Yoda mm-hmm. fight amazing call back to um I get I'm blanking on, <laughs> I'm blanking on the episode 1 what are, what do they call it again battle of fates duel of the fates. fates duel of fates there it is man that was a bad blank <laughs> um <laughs> uh call back to that music which is some of the best mm-hmm of john williams i think um, for sure awesome love it i used to go and this is um this is what i used to do at the time like i can i can remember doing this with numerous movies taking the dvd and skipping to um the scenes i may have talked about this in lord of the in our lord of the rings podcast um mm-hmm. and it's kind of ringing a bell but you would skipping keep incessantly to watch scenes to my favorite scenes and yeah. and I watched that Obi-Wan and Anakin fight probably hundreds of times like in an insane amount of times um also at in attack of the clones like I watching the end when they like are in like the big um uh coliseum fighting the CGI animals or whatever uh and Oh wow! Yeah, right there, that one. I forgot about that game, Jedi Unleashed. I pulled out a Kill. Jedi Unleashed game, um, which is uh, takes place at the Geonosis battle, uh, and um, I think I played it with Mark like a year and a half ago, um, like right before the pandemic hit, and it's obviously a terrible game, but it was fun when we you, were were you children. Loved that game. I loved it. You love that game. You also, uh, I remember, um, maybe even more so than that, um, you being obsessed with Star Wars Stratego. Oh, yeah, baby. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, for sure. I think, oh, I don't think I have it here, but yeah, I was obsessed with Star Wars Stratego. Um, and that's the funny thing is, like, I wouldn't have been into it at all if it wasn't Star Wars, but because it had the skin of Star Wars on it, I was fully obsessed with it. I was like, yeah. I was like an eight-year-old child obsessed with Stratego. Yeah, like we had regular Stratego. Um, yeah. I, like mom and dad had it, I think, mm-hmm. but I can only remember playing Star Wars Stratego. Mm-hmm. Played it all the time. Played yeah. it all the time. I got pretty good at it. Um, and yeah. I remember Ian. I thought I was really good at it, and then we played it. I played against Ian, and he like whipped my ass, and then he like showed me real strategies. Like he taught me how to actually play the <laughs> That's game. Amazing. Our uh, cousin Ian, who was like, how much like older is he? Ten years like older 10 than or twelve me? years. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so. Like a teenager with small child. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, yeah, I was yeah. obsessed with Star Star Wars, um, Stratego, and that was original trilogy uh, themed. Was it? 
Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. I forgot. I, I for some reason I thought it was prequels as well. No, it was I, both. I can't remember. It was both. Was it both? Yep. Because there okay. was, there was. Uh, yeah, everyone. Everyone was involved. I guess they needed to fill up the pieces with like, yeah, big powerful characters. I think like the, the evil side was Darth Sidious, and the was it the most powerful. Like the ten was Darth right. Sidious, and the good side was Yoda. But it was a picture of like prequel Yoda. Right, CGI Yoda. Yeah, CGI Yoda. Darth Maul was involved. Han Solo was involved. You know, it was just a big mix. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. So I remember Revenge of the Sith was huge. Like the first movie that I saw multiple times in theater. Definitely. Same. Yeah. Um, It was the first movie that I guess it was ten when it came out. It was the first movie that came out during my lifetime that I was like obsessed with i think yeah i i think i agree like i i i, I like i was i loved that movie so much maybe was, toy story 2 like, might have been the only other one yeah maybe actually i was pretty obsessed with the first toy story i had a yeah. toy story birthday party when i was five years sure. old or something yeah. Mm-hmm. um yeah no i saw it multiple times i think maybe three times in theaters i think I saw which it is crazy because i like I couldn't drive at that point. So that mm-hmm. would have been my parents would have had to drive me to the theaters three times to see the same movie. So yeah. Yeah. For kind sure. of crazy, but yeah. So that's my, I don't know about you. I mean, we'll get into our sort of like opinions uh, about these movies later on, but I've had a, I've had an interesting relationship with the prequel trilogies more than the other ones, I think um, because it's it sort of, uh, Basically, I I saw the prequel trilogy and I loved it as a child, and then I sort of kind of fell off Star Wars completely for a while. Similar to like what I was saying about Lord of the Rings, where like because we were so inundated with it and it was like so obsessive, it sort of lost its meaning in a weird way for me. And I sort of had to like drop it for a little while to like get some distance from it and then reassess it as an adult to see if it was still something that meant something to me and or I could find meaning in as an adult. Um, and I re I think I re-engaged with them based on the blank check podcast, which is what the, the shirt you're wearing, the uh, no bits pro Smiths <laughs> t-shirt, the, the blank check podcast with Griffin Newman and David Sims. Their original idea was uh, doing mini series on each film in the prequel trilogy so i'd watch or i re I picked it up again in 2015 or whatever when that that podcast was airing for the first time and uh it became yeah it, it, it like the prequel trilogy became something that was really cool to dislike um or like pick apart because of whatever uh over-reliance on cgi over-reliance on like quote-unquote boring plot uh, situations like trade disputes and bureaucracy and that sort of thing and um, heightened sort of melodramatic acting that sort of thing really yeah. like sort of baseline plot logic and writing like cinema sins level criticism if that if that tracks mm-hmm. um, yep it became yeah like a cool thing to dislike and I think I sort of fell into that a little bit um, because it seemed like the right thing to do when I was 
you know, 19 years old or whatever. Uh, and then so more recently, I've sort of got even more distance from it and have gotten to the insane point where The Phantom Menace is one of my top 10 favorite movies of all time. Uh, and I thought about doing an entire directed reading on the prequel trilogy or mostly The Phantom Menace based on like Neoplatonic philosophy and uh, like Deridian hauntology and uh, like Pasolini's M signs and like different semiotic theory and stuff like that. So I, I become, I've like retaken these prequel trilogies that I loved as a boy, but more like in a, with a critical eye, I guess. And it sort of interestingly follows that journey that everyone talks about of like Christianity of like construction, deconstruction, reconstruction. And that's mm-hmm. interesting because that the, that's kind of what the trilogy is. It's like the the entire prequel trilogy is about the failure of of organized religion, like institutionalizing spirituality. Um, and I've reconstructed meaning from it, which is interesting. I don't know about you, what your relationship is to these movies now as like an adult. Yeah, I think. Um... I don't think the luster for Star Wars is ever lost on me. Um, I've always been a huge fan. Um, I think uh, what you mentioned about um, your connection with the prequels and um, coming back and looking at them critically um, and uh, talking about them being one of the uh, like Phantom Menace being one of your top 10 movies of all time. That is primarily why i wanted to do more than one star wars podcast um because i don't see it the same way you talked about like um the prequels being like it being cool to not really like them or or to or to or like the cine fails or whatever you were saying and Mm -hmm. and um um i i feel that I have I have a special place in my heart for the prequels. I'll always rewatch them just because I'm a big Star Wars fan, um, and th- they were the movies that were coming out when I grew up. And as a child, I loved them so much. Um, but as uh, <laughs> as I've grown up and watched them again, I feel that um, it seems that George Lucas had a great general plot line, and the the story itself. Um, in a broad sense is really interesting and I like it a lot but I feel the execution in a lot of ways was is difficult like they're kind of they're just difficult to get through um, <laughs> start with Jar Jar Binks CGI character that essentially talks like a baby the entire time and he's like a principal character in that first movie mm. um Hayden Christensen is just a horrifying actor. Although I am, for whatever reason, excited, maybe nostalgia that he's coming back for the Kenobi miniseries. Yeah. Um. Uh. Like I, I couldn't be more hyped about it for some reason. Um. But just like his his acting performance is horrendous, and and part of it is part of it is the actual execution of the writing. Like some of the lines are just tough to get through like i can't imagine trying to trying to get through those as an as an actor like anakin you're breaking my heart like that like just like 
really, I don't know, really on the nose. Mm-hmm. Uh, like melodramatic. Really melodramatic, really cheesy. Yeah, um, that's that's. Whereas the... I think, yeah. while Star Wars is cheesy, in general, like the the original trilogy is a little bit cheesy, but it's not to the same level. It's not to the point where you're just like, oh my god, <laughs> like that's really cheesy. Um, so I'd like to be, I'd like to be convinced otherwise. I, I'm I've been I, I've been looking forward to and I know we've talked about this before in person, um, but I, I would like to be convinced otherwise and have mm-hmm. something to go back to uh, to see it the way that you see it, because I do have I do have so much love for those prequels mm-hmm. and uh, um, I would like to see them in a different light, I guess. And 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 real and even just even just what you said there about mirroring christianity and the christian journey and maybe our relationship with christianity about Mm -hmm. the construction deconstruction reconstruction right away even you just saying that i'm like oh yeah like that makes total sense like having the prequels the like the the jedi order um like training anakin from a young age to be um indoctrinated with the Mm -hmm. jedi way yeah. And that being like, this is good. This is good. And this mm-hmm. is only good. And then him getting swayed the other way, maybe for reasons that are not necessarily wrong. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, like he wants to save his wife's mm-hmm. life. He has a vision that she's going to die. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, I don't want my wife to die. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's given this opportunity to and convinced that maybe the Jedi are not maybe from a different perspective, they're not correct. Yeah. Or they're, they're not they're like, they're not good. That maybe they're bad. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, having the, yeah, I, I, I guess the deconstruction part of like, that's something that I have a, de- but then like when we go to the last Jedi, which I know you love, mm-hmm. um, and the um just luke the jaded luke on his weird planet mm. i can't remember what it's called now octo um octo um uh, where ray goes and finds him and he's just a hermit mm-hmm. um talking about how um there is no light and dark mm. like it's it's more ambiguous and just like bringing up the ambiguity of light and dark side and and how really maybe it's a little more like that to me like really resonates mm-hmm. i think yeah so uh yeah i'm excited to i'm excited to dive into this um for sure yeah um, um we have sorry you go ahead no i mean i i i agree i, I yeah so that, that's that's sort of my goal for this is to try and champion the prequels in a meaningful way because i've never really tried to write about the prequels um, it's only been something that has sort of lived in my head and I am excited to try and actually externalize it a little bit and work through it and maybe engage with it theoretically, but actually try and make it something that's an accessible form of, of, of championing. Um, that's sort of like my shtick in grad school has been, has been dusting off films that 
are essentially loathed by large groups of people and like mining the it for meaning essentially uh so that this will be my my the ultimate test of, of that sort of thing so when it comes to like the deconstruction or construction deconstruction and reconstruction the prequel trilogy i think is the deconstruction um okay and and the, the construction is all of our contextual awareness of what institutional religion is okay so we don't need the the films we don't, don't need, need the to... construction it's exactly. that that is what we're living already yes, we, we have okay. that, that gotcha. context already so Fair. the whole prequel trilogy is about the failure so, like deconstructing how you know institutionalizing spirituality and things that should be non-dual and 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 um, much more meaningful than a sort of moralized dualism um how those like institutions of power are inherently simplistic and inherently weaponized truth to control young people like Anakin and then you can see the second one is sort of like his psychology like the internal effects of institution on a body and then the third one is the incomplete unveiling of the failure of religion essentially so that's the deconstruction trilogy and then the last jedi is that moment of reconstruction i think as well mm-hmm. it's, where, it's where it's made most explicit like that whole movie is essentially yeah. like a metatextual like everyone should be essentially looking into the camera for that movie because the whole movie is about star wars <laughs> essentially yeah and the force and, and yeah and the fandom and everything like that so um and i think that's why uh, I it's funny that's why we liked it so much mm-hmm. and that's what and I feel like that's also why a lot of people hated it yeah definitely. at the same time I think so too definitely and it, it, I mean there's so many reasons why people hate that movie that is stupid but yeah that's a big part of it is that it's a sort of a meta Star Wars movie and that movie that term is like sends a shiver down my spine because it makes me think of like you know the postmodern like scream scream uh self-awareness sort of thing like really uh, like self-awareness that is inherently based on like plot logic and and narrative construction and all these sorts of things but this movie actually addresses itself in a meaningful way i think um its own legacy it's a film about legacy and the importance of mythologizing and all that sort of thing so it's a movie about star wars itself which is awesome so that's another thing we should say is that we're big Last Jedi heads because that's a sort of polarizing statement. So if you hate Last Jedi, I I hope you continue to listen um, and maybe have an open mind to maybe change your mind a little bit or not, or maybe just hear what we have to say about it. Um, I think it's going to be... Or a- you could just shut it off right now because I, I know a lot of people that don't like Last Jedi. When you say you like Last Jedi, you're like, fuck you yeah yeah how could you like that movie yeah i don't know because different people like different things i suppose yeah it's just it's one of those movies where you think maybe the internet was a mistake because it (laughs) it it ingrains these opinions that people didn't really like you hear people parroting opinions that have been sort of crystallized and created by the most reactionary people um 
and then people are just sort of adopting them like they just this latch on to it this this narrative that ryan johnson's entire idea was to like subvert expectations and then that her- inherently makes it a bad movie or something like th- like these lines of criticism that people say are just like crystallized on twitter which is the worst place in the world and um spat out by people who aren't really engaging with the movie they're engaging with twitter threads essentially so um yeah that's gonna be us on twitter at broman pod (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 love twitter love twitter (laughs) so yeah that'll be interesting um yeah i don't really know I, i guess the 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 quick one to talk about is the sequel trilogy i don't really like like I, I could make a case for why the force awakens could be like at least interesting and enjoyable um the last jedi is awesome the rise of skywalker is impossibly bad i would say <laughs> yeah i i uh i agree to a certain extent um I have a difficult I, I need to watch The Rise of Skywalker again to really formulate my opinion because I it's been a while. I saw it twice in theaters and I haven't watched it since. Same, man. Um so it's been a couple of years. Um but I I love The Force Awakens. I I think um I like it less now that I know how the trilogy went. I just felt sure. I felt like it really set up Mm-hmm. Um, it set things up to be really. It got me really excited about the new about the sequel trilogy, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just feel like, um, because and I love the Last Jedi, but because it felt like, yeah, I, I love the Last Jedi. Honestly, okay, I, I'm just gonna put it that way. Like, I don't think I don't think that I don't think there's there's anything wrong with it really. Um, but I feel that because of the reaction to the Last Jedi um from the general or from the from a lot of people um they kind of went back on a lot of the plot points in the rise of skywalker and then there was also carrie fisher's death like i think she was supposed to be a way more principal character in that movie so i think plot wise they had to radically change it and i think that mixed with the fan reaction and this is all just speculation i don't actually know um just kind of turned into a mess like it is a really messy movie there are elements of it that i feel like i like um but as a whole it's difficult Mm -hmm. and but the force awakens to me i felt like it was the perfect um uh brought in new characters um but also had these other old characters that kind of grandfathered in these new characters um that's not the right term grandfathered him but anyways um you you know what i mean um they kind of assisted these characters to to become um the main people um in this new sequel trilogy but they didn't overstay their welcome either um i felt like um han solo like harrison ford's performance as han solo in that movie was awesome um and yeah, I I don't know, and I just really I really felt like I loved I loved Poe, I loved Ray, I loved Finn. Like that was just, and I was blown away by how much I was able to love these new characters. Um, and I mean, 
the story is essentially the same as a new hope which i also love um like you could you could argue that it's the exact same plot um Mm -hmm. with just very minor differences but um it's yeah i i i do like a force the force awakens um for those reasons i guess i feel like i feel like i was gonna say more but i i'm i'm losing my train of thought um i'm just kind of rambling at this point (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah i i yeah i mean it's an it's a disaster of a trilogy for sure um yeah i would uh, agree with that one like a hundred percent despite the fact that i do love the last jedi i think that it it alienates the trilogy in in a way like it's a it's a movie that is better than anything i could have hoped for from that trilogy but it also makes it difficult to create any sort of internal continuity or anything like that Uh, but i think if i think though if uh the rise of skywalker was a different movie yeah uh you wouldn't feel so much that way i agree you know what i mean like like i think that it was okay following up the force awakens like it was different it was not what i expected Mm -hmm. um but in my opinion, that was a good thing. Um, and then the rise of Skywalker just kind of went back on all these, yeah, all these things, and like almost was like, okay, like let's just ignore what just happened and move let's on. Just make and the safest finish thing up, possible. Try and finish up the Force Awakens, and also get people really fucking hype about like CGI and explosions and shit. Darth Sidious. Um, yeah, Darth Sidious. Let's just fucking bring the Emperor back. Yeah uh for no apparent reason and 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 also um make sure that um he's related to ray because that was something that people wanted to know so let's just make sure that she's related to somebody important Mm -hmm. um yeah i mean it's that's yeah yeah. and that's the thing is like the last jedi actually mirrors empire empire strikes back in so many ways as well like similarly Mm -hmm. to uh the force awakens and you know this trilogy could essentially be about in that sense about like like sociopolitically history will repeat itself if you don't fix the things that cause these issues you know so then the the events of these films uh happening so similarly to what they did in the original original trilogy takes on this meaning in that sense uh when these children essentially have to relive the exact same events because of the failures of these heroes or whatever. And that's another reason why people don't like those movies is because it doesn't view them as heroes. It views them as like inherently like failures. Like Luke is a coward failure and that's a good thing. Yeah. But people don't like it. They're humans. They're relatable people. They're not the perfect hero like ultimate good and then they're they're normal people and that's the moment of the amazing unbelievable moment of reconstruction is is the original trilogy made them into mythologized pieces of iconography pop iconography last jedi tore them down turned them back into human beings deconstructed them into their choices rather than what they've become as iconography and then the final moment of the film is reconstructing them through their failure as iconography again as yeah. <laughs> something that will inspire people again so it's like yeah i can't believe that movie exists honestly it's so fucking good 
yeah but we'll get we'll get into that we'll get into yeah, it we i think we will we have uh rankings so this is part of this is part of this series um is um i thought that it would be cool for us to go in cold and um based on memory rank um our skywalker saga like all the nine movies from the skywalker saga based on our favorite to least favorite not mm-hmm. for any reason in particular just just vibe what what's best um, yeah in our in our opinion um and then um rewatch each trilogy each trilogy individually come back and revisit our thoughts on those and kind of do a critical analysis on each so we'll do three more episodes um and then maybe in the end of of the of the sequel trilogy we'll re-rank mm-hmm. if, if our rankings change we'll re-rank yeah for sure i think that's i think that sounds reasonable so i think that do you wanna... sounds like a grand time awesome um, let's do it i so to preface this ranking i'll say that i think i've seen the original trilogy maybe two times two or three times in my adult life so since university oh so geez okay in the last eight or nine years i've seen them very few times the original um, the, trilogy the original yeah so four five okay. six i haven't seen them i've seen them the least amount of times because they're the ones that i dropped after i was a kid i came back to them and i i, I still have a lot of trouble understanding what makes them special other than just like base sort of special effects base like good yeah. times sort of thing like at I, the time I, they were amazing yeah i try I'm, I've, yeah. I've continued to try and find something meaningful that i could engage with and i'm really have a really hard time with it so um i haven't seen them in a long time i saw the obviously the the sequel trilogy recently because they were in theaters recently uh, i've seen the last jedi i think 10 times so i've seen that one the most uh and the prequel trilogy i also watch a lot i think i've watched phantom menace like three times since covid <laughs> So I watched that one a lot too. So the one that, that's the, prefacing this ranking, the original trilogy is the one that I imagine if it was going to change would change in my ranking because it's been a while. Sure. Okay. I would say I have a soft spot for the original trilogy. I think, and I don't know if it's because I'm a little bit older and I can remember time before the Phantom Menace came out. Um, and I remember watching those movies as a really young kid and mm-hmm. just being kind of in awe of them. Like they were just so, I mean, not that I had a lot of experience watching film, but it was just so unique compared mm-hmm. to anything else that I was watching on the TV. So, um, and, and I, and dad got really excited. I don't know. I don't know how much it is, how much of that is dad projecting his excitement yeah, yeah, onto yeah. me because I, I feel like that, um, uh, me especially i think i really um just kind of emulated dad's excitement a lot of the time and and made it my own obviously because i mm-hmm. still love star wars but um like i got really into star trek as a really yeah. young kid even though i had no idea what was going on <laughs> the whole yeah. time yep. didn't understand anything but i watched it incessantly mm-hmm. um anyways um i do have a i, I do really love the original trilogy um and I've I've watched it many times. I think I, I've watched it quite a few times as an as an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say the prequels I've watched a lot because um, I watched them a ton as a kid. 
Um, and then the sequels I've seen the least for mm-hmm. sure. Um, despite how I feel about them. So I, I am kind of excited to revisit those because I don't think I've watched them consecutively. Mm. Um, I don't yeah. think I've ever like marathon them in sure. a row. Um, so I think that will be interesting because I feel like it is the most disjointed trilogy of the three by far. Like I feel the, uh, I feel like the other three are no matter how much I feel about the quality of the prequels it is a cohesive trilogy mm-hmm. it's not it doesn't feel like like where the fuck are you going with this plot line yeah it's it's it is it has a purpose mm-hmm. um so anyways why don't we get into our rankings here how do you want to do this um why don't we do it uh in bursts of three so bursts go, of three okay go to nine to sevens six okay. to fours three to ones okay Okay. I'm going to blow you away right off the bat. Oh, God. Here we go. <laughs> it's probably what you expect. Our ver- our, our list uh, will just be inversed. <laughs> probably, yeah. No, for real. Yeah. Um, but I'm. this is why I'm excited to have these discussions. Yeah, and, for sure. Uh, so my number nine is Attack of the Clones. Okay. Um, I have a really hard time with that movie. Yeah. I have a really hard time getting through that movie. Hmm. um rewatching it now it's uh so cringy anakin is so creepy um it's very cgi heavy like more than anything else i and every time i watch it though i feel like it starts off so great mm-hmm. like at the beginning uh i'm like oh is this good <laughs> this is gonna be good and then and then as soon as they uh anakin and padme go off by themselves and and obi-wan's doing like that that weird like camino secret... film noir mystery. Yeah, yeah exactly um uh it just kind of i i i, I just lose interest like you're not a dexter anakin... jetster fan I do like that. I mean, I, I actually that that angle of the story is is kind of interesting. I think yeah. the Anakin and Padme relationship is so feels so forced. I feel like it could have been done so differently. Mm. And, but I don't know. Maybe that's not that important. Like, really, all you need to know is like they need to fuck so that Luke and Leia exist. Yeah, so. it's it's interesting because we know the context of the relationship already. Yeah, because of the original trilogy, so it sort of changed. So maybe that. that maybe that's why it feels forced. I also just feel yeah. like it's poor, like those scenes are poorly written, and uh, yeah, I mean, I don't poorly, think George is like executed a, as well. is a is a romanticist. Let's say he his interests <laughs> lie elsewhere. Let's say. yeah, I would say so. I would say so. He's had some failed relationships. I think. Oh, I didn't mean that. I mean that's probably to true. His, I just meant like due to his. Yeah, like yeah. I, I just mean, meant as a writer that it seemed like he was least passionate about those moments when he was writing it. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Yeah. Um. So, Attack of the Clones is my number nine. Number number eight is Revenge of the Sith, which is uh used to be my favorite of the prequels. Wow. Um. Wow, that stings. But again. And this was my favorite movie of all time when I was 12, 13 <laughs> years old. Um, it's now my number eight in this franchise. Um, it's 
another one that's really tough to get through because I feel I feel it's really action heavy and that action is very CGI heavy. Um and uh again, the dialogue is just really rough. <laughs> it's really rough and really poorly executed and uh there are elements of that movie that I love and that I still love to watch. Um but and I still get a little bit emotional. Not I haven't cried since the first time that I watched it, but in that the scene with Obi-Wan and Anakin at on Mustafar on the mountain mm-hmm. when Obi-Wan has the high ground. <laughs> uh <laughs> that still makes me a little bit sad. Yeah. Um it still gets me. So um I'd still have an emotional connection. I feel like the quality is 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 uh not so great. Uh number seven is the Phantom Menace. <laughs> um mm-hmm. <laughs> uh yeah. I mean, for a similar reason, I feel like it is a stronger movie than the other two in that in the prequel trilogy. But Jar Jar Banks is really tough. He's really tough. I have a I have a really hard time overlooking him. I think if he was eliminated from that movie, it would be a completely different discussion. <laughs> okay, so that's the that's the biggest and factor. Also, I yeah, and and uh, Jake Lloyd is also tough. Again, I don't think I don't think they wrote his. I don't I think um George didn't give him much to work with. Um and he is a small child, but I think he's he's another one that's like it's it's a little tough mm-hmm. um for me. Um but Duel of Fates is one of my favorite scenes from Star Wars. Yes. Um and and the score is unbelievable. Um we can agree so, on that. Yeah, like I I I don't I don't hate any of these movies. Let's let's just put it that way. Right. Um but I have to put them or ranking them so I have to put them in the order that I'm feeling based on my feelings in this moment. So. Mm-hmm. Um so that's it. So how about your 7 to 9, 9 to 7, whatever you want. All right. Let me tell you my 7 through 9 when you sip on that paleo. I'll go this pretty quick. I don't have a lot to say on these uh these last ones here. Um my number nine is Rise of Skywalker, obviously. J.J. Abrams is a coward and a fool. He's an incompetent filmmaker in nearly every way. Um, <laughs> That's bold. <laughs> I don't really have much else to say other than I've that. enjoyed some J.J. Abrams movies. I just think that he's like a corporate shill. Like he's basically... Yeah. Has no, he has no, no, you're right. You are right. He has no um, meaningful identity uh and he's basically the man that they know will do the safest most easy accessible version of the film yeah yeah he makes fun tasteless movies yeah movies with no substance fun bland movies i would say Um, yes i do i i have enjoyed i love his star trek movies or at least the first one I do like his his first Star Trek movie. It's been a while um, for me. And the Force Awakens, I like. I I already mentioned. I I, I like that movie. So, uh, but I I do see where you're coming from. 
He's he, he I would put him and Michael Bay, I think, are in the same or in a similar category of filmmakers. Yeah, I can see what you're saying. Does that make sure. sense? Yeah. yeah, I can see that. Yeah. So that's that my number 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 nine is Rise of Skywalker. My number eight, a JJ Abrams film, The Force Awakens. Oh no. Um and this is a vague the these five these last three sort of I guess they're not interchangeable. I mean maybe The Force Awakens is interchangeable with my number seven, but um I don't dis I, I don't loathe this movie. The only one I really dislike is Rise of Skywalker. Uh from yep. the from the nine i guess uh the it's the one that i think is a real a, a real piece of cowardice um uh and this one doesn't read me it's it's similar in that sense i think in terms of how it's constructed it feels like a almost like a meta film of like you can feel that he was cons- sort of constructing it, it it in a lab to be a crowd pleaser um yeah that that doesn't um have any sort of soul i guess you know like it it feels you can sort of see the whiteboard construction behind everything that's being that's happening in the movie Um, yeah i could see what you're saying i think that i i i still find can find meaning in it but i don't think it's necessarily uh something that jj abrams really thought through so i'm sort of championing a movie that is doesn't actually uh there's a quote from an article that came out today about jj abrams okay i can't what is sorry it was like uh oh yeah here it is oh the no it's just an article title uh, J.J. Abrams acknowledges it probably would have been better if they had approached the Star Wars sequel trilogy with a plan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, like, I oh, agree. That's, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> Honestly, I agree. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, that's the smartest thing he's ever said. Yeah, it's a funny. Uh, that's a funny headline for sure. I, is, I, no, I, I, it made me laugh. Yeah, I mean, it is weird. It's it's weird. It's weird. The whole thing is weird. It's a, it, and the Force Awakens does is tainted by the existence of Rise of Skywalker because Rise of Skywalker, also, in my opinion, lays bare how incompetent J.J. Abrams is, and any sort of like yeah. subtextual level or meaning that I'm mining from his images is entirely coincidental. I do agree with that. Um, just because, yeah, I I know I mentioned this before, but I feel that my love for the force awakens has definitely taken a hit because of the rise of skywalker because mm-hmm. i felt like the force awakens was a good trilogy building movie like it was a, like i felt that it started something that i was excited for mm-hmm. yeah um, for sure and that's what that's that's sort of the cowardice of that movie in that sense as well as jj abrams being like let me just construct a bunch of signifiers and then i'm not going to tell you anything and now do yeah. like finish my idea when the idea doesn't yeah really... he's like he's like a slow pitch pitcher in baseball yeah. he just 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 gave everyone else a lob and then just yeah. walked away yeah yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> yeah. but then it ended up getting pulled back in and he's like i don't know how to finish a damn trilogy yeah I've and then ryan, yeah before. ryan johnson actually does something interesting in there. i've never finished anything that i've started yeah 
So. Which is true. That's something he's known for is is building really interesting worlds yeah. and not being able to wrap anything up. I've never seen Lost, but I imagine that's but one that of those is, things. Yep, yeah, that is one of those yeah. things for sure. All right, so my number Sorry. seven is sort of... Oh, it's fine. My number seven is interchangeable, really. I think it's Return of the Jedi. Yeah, um, I had a feeling that's what it was. I don't... I mean, when I was a small boy, um, first experiencing the twangs of of um, infatuation. Sure, the the Jawa's Palace scene was something I watched a lot because of the metal bikini. Absolutely. I would watch that. I, I remember times where I would put Return of the Jedi on until they left Jabba's Palace, and then I just turn it off. I'm like, that's all I wanted. All I wanted from this movie is Leia in a bikini as like a small, like six year old boy. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that that was the only meaningful element of that movie for me. It's been so long since I've seen it, so this is one of those ones where you know, who knows, something could click with me on this watch. But for now, it it there's nothing, and that's it. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. I I think that I I don't think there's any real surprises mm-hmm. for me there. Yeah, I, that's that's about what I would have expected. I yep. think knowing what's at the top of your list, that's <laughs> what I would have expected to be at the yeah. bottom. Um and oh, okay, so I'll go to my 6 to 4. Yep. Um and oh my headphones are getting low on battery. That's okay. I'll switch them in a bit. My number 6 and I would say that this has the easiest potential to drop to the bottom. Um, and it's the rise of Skywalker. Um, I'm not really sure why I put it here. I felt like I didn't know where to put it. Um, just because I had, it's been a long time since I've seen it and it, it has, and I feel like the first time I watched it, I was like, I think there are parts about this that I like, but I don't know. Like, I didn't love it as, like, there was a lot of, like, I felt like I was overstimulated (laughs) just because there was, like, so much disjointed shit going on the whole time. And, like, there was a lot of, like, cheap jokes for laughs that I laughed at that were funny. Um, And, like, I don't know, just, like, cool shit that happened. Like, uh, Kylo or Ray, like, making her lightsaber disappear and it appears in Kylo's hand. And like, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to remember. I, I can't even remember a whole lot about it. Like I have to, I'll have to watch it again, but I would say, I think that this definitely has the potential to drop to the bottom of my list just because of how much, because of how much I like the force awakens and the last Jedi and how that's kind of tainted my opinion of those movies just because of how this wrapped everything up. Um, I, yeah. Um, so that's my number six for now. Um, number five is Return of the Jedi. Um, I would say it's the least good of the original trilogy. Um, I still, I, I, I mean, obviously I still like it. I mentioned I like all of these movies. Um, I... I don't really have a lot to say about it, honestly. Like, I, I, it's that's another one I haven't seen in a while. 
but I feel like that's where I wanted to put it. Uh, number four <laughs> is <laughs> number four is the Last Jedi. I had this higher before. Um, another one I haven't seen in a while, uh, but I know that I love it. So hard to yeah had a hard time knowing where to put it but it's my number four right now there you yeah, go this is just a broad sketch this is a it is yeah because it does it is illuminating specifically for me i think people it's an illuminating ranking i guess you know it's just contextualizing our relationship to these movies um mm-hmm. before we jump into them my number six is uh the emperor strikes back um another one like this is the one that everyone says is the best obviously Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. i don't really i can't understand or see why that's true um and i'm excited to try and and uh search for it search for meaning in that movie um because yeah it's i have trouble with it uh my uh, number five i have attack of the clones um it's sort of interchangeable, I think, with my number four. It's obviously the one that I have the most trouble with in the prequel trilogy, um, but I do think it uh, sort of... Like, the things that you have trouble with, the things that everyone has trouble with with these movies, the CGI, the acting, the writing for these sorts of moments don't bother me at all, and I actually think that um they have a purpose and a place in these movies like i think that part of the reason why they work so well for me is because they take on this sort of heightened sort of shakespearean theatrical version like melodramatic aesthetic which is like a real aesthetic it's just not a realist aesthetic which is what everyone wants like most contemporary audiences want realism in their acting and in their dialogue and that's like inherently how they're evaluating that um, quality in those sorts of elements and those things that's just not how I how I would evaluate the films in that sense and I think that the part of the reason why I like them so much is because they take on this sort of sort of almost Victorian stage play Uh, aesthetic of how everyone's speaking to each other and it sort of heightens and exacerbates the pompous uh, attitude that the jedi order and the bureaucrats um, and the democratic politicians and everything uh, are possessing and it sort of lays that bare a little bit more explicitly i think for me at least because it's this perceived sense of sort of I don't know what the right word, like civility, you know, like Obi-Wan with his, like the poshest British accent and all this sort of thing. Um, And uh, yeah, the really sort of the, the uh, unbelievably uh, adolescent things that, that Anakin says to, to Padme and all that sort of thing. I think I understand why people don't like it, but I think it, there's a for me as a person that doesn't care about those things and and finds value in melodrama it ha, it, it has its place 
in that trilogy. Okay. And I think it's funny and interesting that that's the only one of the trilogy that has that sort of aesthetic. And it, it informs what that trilogy actually is about, in my opinion. So there's um, a place for that movie is what you're saying in that. Yeah. And so, so that movie yeah. specifically has all of those elements to the most and highest degree. Um, but so I, why would you say, why would you say that that's your least favorite of those three? Is it more about, is it more about what, uh, is it more about the quality of the other two? Yeah. I think more yeah. than, more okay. than anything to do with this movie. I think that, it's just sandwiched by two what I perceive to be like high key masterpieces. So then it's just a yep. little bit lower and it is hard. Like I don't like, it's not like I'm like, I'm like obsessed with the things that Anakin says to Padme and like all of these m- moments. It's not like I don't know. It's not like I'm, I don't think you're saying that of, at all of like what people perceive to be bad acting and everything. And, maybe it is i'm not an actor so i find it i find it hard to evaluate acting as sure. someone that doesn't know anything about it um but i know what people are saying i understand it um it just doesn't really bother me and then this movie just explicates the psychology of of institutional religion on a small boy who's experiencing adolescence for the first time and it's confusing and he's saying really dumb shit and he's getting really pissed for no reason and he's just like a rage fuel ball of hormonal psychopathy and that doesn't read as um um unrealistic to me let's say if you're if you're sure highlighting the fact that this movie is about the effect of institutional religion on small boys that have been pushed into that system that's very fair i think that's fair that's a i mean we'll get into that more i think for sure but i totally agree it's my least favorite of that prequel trilogy and it's sort of tied with my number four which is a new hope that's that's why so that is i think that statement to star wars fans yeah is probably the most egregious yeah that's the thing is it it being is attack of the clones being interchangeable with the new hope yeah no i think that um i'm okay with being castigated by people for these opinions um yeah that's fine and i would understand that i would understand if they did because you know whatever i i'm fine with it a new hope i really like a lot Uh, It's the one of the original trilogy that I can really engage with sort of what it's about, you know, like being sort of like a technophobic movie about it's establishing these these dualities of tech technology and like flesh and what's natural and making these like clearly defined definitions of these things in terms of what Darth Vader is sort of a perfect mix of those two things. But Luke, you know, deciding to flick up his like aim helper thing and rely on the force so that he can do this thing and all this sort of thing. So it's all about this idea of like a world entrenched in technology and where does spirituality and where can you find like a natural force in a world that's so unnatural and all that sort of thing. So it's a really easy movie for me to engage with. I really like it. And uh, yeah, that's my number four. Okay, let's go three, two, one. I have a Force Awakens at number three. Whoa! Um, this, is, yeah, this is another one that I feel like could change. 
but I think my first impressions of it um, have really carried my opinion of it. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've watched it since I've watched The Rise of Skywalker. So I think this this run through will be interesting. Definitely. Um, I think that is another one that I think is subject to change quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, my number two is Empire Strikes Back. Used to be my number one. Um, but I feel that A New Hope is my number one, obviously. That's the only one left. Um, I... I just feel like I feel the original story of Star Wars, um, the OG, the Star Wars. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like it's it's the most watchable. It, it's it, it's my most watched movie of that trilogy, uh, A New Hope. Um, and I think it's because it's the easiest to digest um, on its own. Mm. um i mean obviously it was made like they didn't know they were going to be making i think george lucas hoped that he would be able to make future movies but um there's a reason that he um he chose that story to to start everything off with mm-hmm. and potentially be the one-off yeah um so I I think for that reason, um, it is it, it wins out on Empire Strikes Back, but both of those movies for me maybe due to nostalgia I'm not sure, um, but they they still kind of hold out as my top two. So, for sure, definitely. There you have it. I don't have any any dislike for those movies. I I, I like them. So that's cool. awesome. Yeah, and I think that that's probably what most people's top two would be, right? Like an Empire and a New Hope. I think so too. Yeah, it makes sense. I totally understand it. My number three is the Last Jedi. Um, okay. It's yeah. I guess it would be like a New Hope, Attack of the Clones, and the Last Jedi are sort of like a clump together for me. Oh like, wow! My three. That's four, wild five. to me that. You say Attack of the Clones and the Last Jedi as well, just because of how much I, how how much I know you love the Last Jedi. Yeah, I really like Last Jedi. Um, I don't know really what to say about it other than like after the Force Awakens, really didn't really it meant nothing to me. I was really excited for the Force Awakens, um, because the trailers were really good, and I thought. I just got caught up in the wave of like cultural anticipation for the movie and Christy and I saw it the opening night and we were both sort of like, uh, just like, you know, shrugging shoulders doesn't really, didn't really do anything specifically for us in any meaningful way. So the last Jedi, I didn't even see any of the trailers. I wasn't excited for it at all. Didn't care about it. And then some like, film critics whose opinions i generally respect um were saying it was really good and i was like what what is this what is this about and i saw the polarity of opinions and all that sort of thing i was like oh oh shit maybe i should get get into this again and then you and i saw it i think the first time i Mm -hmm. saw it was was just you and me Mm -hmm. um when as soon as i got back to belleville and um 
yeah, I as soon as I saw it, I was like, this is unfucking believable. Like I I, 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 I couldn't believe what I was seeing. That that a movie within Disney's sort of really safe vanilla yeah. studio system got made like that. Excuse me. And it's the one that sort of feels kind of similar to the prequels in a lot of ways. And I like the prequels, so there you friggin' go. Really like it. Can't believe it's a, a Star Wars movie that actually has like a, a meaningful thematic um coda scene like a like a epilogue scene essentially that has nothing to do with building anything up in terms of the franchise it's just thematically wraps up the movie with the oh is that the the scene with uh the scene where luke kind of like um becomes a part of the force and he like takes a look at the two sons of yeah, that's a good. Well, what I was specifically thinking is the broom boy scene where he's like telling oh. the story of what just happened, and he they're getting right. like abused by the person that's taking care of them, and then he finds like meaning in this story, like the mythologization of this story that just happened. Right after okay, a movie I that see what is you're a, saying. that is about deconstructing myth and deconstructing right. narratives and expectations and all this sort of thing, and then the end of the movie is going back to that thing. And being like, oh, there actually is value in this sort of right. I see what you're saying. So that's what I'm I, what I'm talking about. No, none of the other movies have that. Like, I think that that's. I'm not like a big Ryan Johnson fan specifically, but he that is just like a fucking amazing moment um, that I love, and we'll get into that more. My number two and my number one are almost tied, essentially, and they might switch. Maybe Revenge of the Sith is my number two unfucking believable a deep unbelievable tragic moment of drama where where you know it 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 is like a politics for kids film like it 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 it's so funny that it's a movie that's made for kids but it is so about politics and institution and religion and and all these sorts of things you know that's not really normal um for them to be like intelligently about these things um, while also being so directed towards children. So I think that this movie is yeah, totally unbelievable. Um, yeah. And the lightsaber battles are fucking cool as shit as well. And um, yeah, <laughs> that's the best part of those movies in my opinion that like, like that those blow me away till this day. Yeah. And that's another thing that people don't like is that they're like, they feel over um, choreographed, like they don't feel real or whatever. But I like that, right. obviously, because it, it puts forward still this idea of like theatricality, like not really worrying about something look looking realistic, but it's more about the drama of the moment um, and the emotion, right. heightening the emotion of the moment through choreography rather than having make it look like they're putting in effort and all this sort of thing. I think it's an interesting choice and it is uh, formally consistent with the rest of the movie. So it's fucking cool as shit, like affectively. And it's also very meaningful, I think, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, Phantom Menace is my favorite one. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have to apologize. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd love to understand why. Yeah, I mean, we'll get into it. The thing is, is I don't hate Jar Jar. I don't hate Jake Lloyd. These these sort of... I also have, like, 
I do think that the CGI is cool and interesting. Like I'm interested, I think like early digital cinematography and effects is an interesting thing. Um, yeah, I, I think, I think, I, you know what? I, I, I think it is unfair to judge a movie based sorely on CGI. I, I, I think, and this kind of goes back to our discussion about Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. Um, hmm. how uh part of the reason I love Lord of the Rings or part of part of the reason um something that heightens my love of Lord of the Rings is they they didn't rely so much on CGI um and when you jump to the Hobbit um how they made basically every orc yeah completely CGI and it just feels not like there's something inauthentic about it and something that I can't that like I have a hard time getting into mm-hmm. um, as opposed to the Lord of the Rings where everything just feels like a little more visceral. Yeah. Um, I totally and, agree. Uh, uh, the So that in that way, I feel that um, an overuse of CGI, it's not the CGI itself. Yeah, yeah, it's not sure, the quality sure. of the CGI. It's the, it's the dependence on yeah. it. And I think there's a line from one of the special features from the Phantom Menace about being about, of George Lucas being like Jar Jar, uh, making Jar Jar look perfect is it, that'll make or break this movie. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, like that's that, that like blows my mind. Yeah. Yeah. He says that and he's like, wow, nothing in this scene is real. All these sorts of things. But he's saying it. Yeah. Like, like a, as if that's a good thing. Yeah. But that's the thing is I don't, I actually don't think that that is an interesting thing for these movies specifically like for lord of the rings i totally understand i don't like the hobbit movies partially because of how they look and i like the lord of the rings because everything feels real and scary and yeah like i talked about that i still like kind of get scared of the guy when i see them (laughs) on screen because of how good and how real and practical that effect is but uh, but for specifically star wars the prequels these movies are about partially about um technophobia and technology and like material matter and spirituality and all these sorts of things and um then he's making this movie where the entire landscape of um organic bodies is not real and with each passing movie it looks more and more realistic so then it's like a formalization of the synthesis of matter and tech that's happening on screen in front of your eyes where you are beginning to not really be able to tell what's real and what isn't based on that fact. So it feels like, and and then obviously the whole trilogy ends with Anakin being a person that is a perfect synthesis of technology and organic matter. And that being like a dehumanizing shameful thing that's happening to him. So there's a real like through line of, of, the duality and the synthesis and the use of CGI, I think is a, not something that he intended like (laughs) intellectually, but it's something that is interesting in sort of the psychology of how these movies were made in terms of that landscape, butting up against real people and looking strange, but then looking less strange and less strange as the movies go on. And as they basically pioneer this technology for 21st century cinema. Yeah. I, I, I feel yeah, and I, I like that you said that I don't know that George Lucas really intended it that way. 
I feel it, it. It doesn't matter. Like it really doesn't matter because it's resonating with you yeah. specifically. And I, I'm sure you're not alone, even though you you are probably in the minority. <laughs> um, the fact that it resonates with you in such a complex and deep way um, is extremely interesting. And um, though I don't think that George was thinking that deeply. Um, it it's really I I find it fascinating that someone can take that yeah that just the value that you're finding in these movies it's it's interesting it's intriguing to me and I am excited to discuss it more. Yeah, for sure. We'll definitely get into it. That prequel episode will probably be a long one, and that's the thing is like images are inherently ambiguous. You know, like filmmakers trying to discuss their movies always do a bad job. Like they always sound kind of dumb, in my opinion. And like there's lots of times where I'll watch a movie. Like I I love a movie called Hostel Part 2 by Eli Roth, which is a mid-2000s torture porn film. Um, and he's like a bro. And the way he talks about his movie sort of deflates its, could deflate its meaning for someone. But the images are the images like there are filmmakers aren't making didactic features. They're not making arguments. They're not writing essays. They're filming images and they're creating images. So just because a filmmaker has, has intuited an image that can be rich and meaningful, it doesn't discount that image because they don't understand it if that makes sense <laughs> no yeah no then that's what i'm saying like like yeah. you you are perceiving it in that way and that matters yeah and that's the so, point of that's like that's the beauty of film the beauty of art really and in, in a more general sense yeah like it only exists once it's been decoded you know and it can be decoded mm-hmm. in a a way that is in a number of ways engaged well like a way that engages with the text in a million different ways and you're bringing a million like like i'm saying like like melodrama and acting and cgi and all these things don't matter to me so then i'm completely engaging with the text in a 100 percent different way than other people but we're still watching the same movie and that's interesting and i really do think that the, the star wars films are the peak uh pop culture artifact of the last 50 years which i don't think is an unpopular thing to say i don't think that's outlandish at all no so it'll be interesting to keep talking about them i'm very excited this is fun yeah this is fun i'm I'm excited to watch uh so what which ones do you want to watch first you want to do the original trilogy first do we do it chronologically i think we do chronological release order i would say that sounds good sounds because so we'll the specifically the prequel trilogy and the sequel trilogy their main function is being in conversation with the other movies you know what i mean so it's right makes most sense to discuss them in that sort of order to start with yeah yeah that makes sense all right so we will uh we will revisit those movies uh episode four five and six and we will come back and discuss them and hopefully either we'll either hold strong on our opinions or or we'll change them yeah for sure it's been uh 
uh, great to have a bromant with you. <laughs> it has, it has. It's been a while. Well, we gotta, we're, we're gonna hopefully do this a little more often. And, yeah, for uh, sure. Keep this uh, podcast train rolling. Yep, definitely. Agreed. All right. Well, you gotta sign off. Um, get waxed. Now that we're vaxed, get waxed. And if you're not vaxed, get vaxed. <laughs> I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, yeah. Uh, I need a good waxing. Yes. This pandemic's been hard on my body. Yeah, yeah. It's no bueno in in, in, in general, really. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I could stand for a good wax. That's yeah. for sure. Hundred percent. Right. Yeah. All right. Well. Uh, until next time. Peace and love. Uh, stay classy. Okay. <laughs>